0: If a cockroach like Chesapeake and American Airlines can survive this, <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm sure restaurants will, will figure out a way to make money uh, in this environment. Welcome to The Last 15 with Safe and mean. Join us as we talk about the stock market, the economy, the latest headlines, and our daily lives, recorded live during the last 15 minutes of the market and posted right after the closing bell. This podcast is for informational purposes
1: only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Safe and mean Mary retain positions and securities
0: discussed in this podcast.
1: <laughs> what are you chewing?
0: I'm not chewing anything. You can hear chewing? Uh, yes. What are you chewing? Uh, nothing. You know, usually after a meal, I like to, you know, chew a nice piece of not sugarless gum, but just normal gum. Double bubble is my favorite. I actually bought an entire bucket of about 380 pieces for about 28 bucks. Cost less than nine cents per piece. What a great deal.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I watched you unbox that on Snapchat. And as man. we
0: know... Uh, getting great deals is what I'm all about. It's it's not what this market is all about now. So uh, as we are recording this live, we are celebrating Nasdaq for the first time in history, tech-heavy Nasdaq hitting ten thousand. How exciting is that? I mean,
1: um, I mean, good for them. <laughs>
0: it's not good for very exciting. NASDAQ. Oh, good for the tech companies.
1: Um. Good for everyone. I mean, it, it doesn't excite Isn't me that much. Everyone, but, but, uh, it could be. I mean, I, I guess. I guess so. I'm not. I'm not part of the uh, the tribe now, so um, it's not as exciting as it can be.
0: What do you mean? You're not part of the tribe?
1: Well, I have. I don't own any shares, um, and I don't own any shares that are traded on the NASDAQ. So.
0: Ah, you're always welcome. So let's just go through the indices really quickly. So um, the Dow is actually down about 0.8%. S&P 500 down about uh, 0.4%. And uh, NASDAQ, tech heavy NASDAQ is up about 0.7% now. And like I said, it did go above 10,000. I think it's slightly below that. It's at 9996.45 right now. I'm sure it'll close above 10. And the the VIX rising another 5% again today. It's up to around uh, 27. So... Definitely, as I noticed with my short options, uh, they they are increasing in value, and volatility is definitely picking up here.
1: Yeah, so I spent some time yesterday just thinking about how I can be wrong,
0: and about I came what specifically?
1: well about the market being overvalued or why we've recovered so quickly on all the major indices and. Do I think we're going to see, you know, is there more risk? Uh, Is there more downside risk Um, or should we remain invested? Because, I mean, I'm quite biased, especially when I repeat the same thing every day tends to stick and I could be wrong, obviously. So uh, I'm not sure if you want to hear what I came up with.
0: (laughs) Yeah, let's hear it. Why not? So
1: there's the, there's there's two there's two cases, right? The first one is let's assume the coronavirus never happened, right? Um, the market overall is gonna, um, you know, is gonna expect a certain amount of growth in corporate earnings. Let's let's say you know somewhere between three to five uh, percent. Let's stick let's stick with a four percent number. And then Q2 or Q1 goes by and we hit, you know, X minus 1% or X plus 1%. Um, The market is going to react according to that. So if corporate earnings are doing well, but it's slightly below expectations, then the market will dip slightly if it's above expectations. I'm I'm talking about corporate earnings, you know, on aggregate. So all of it combined, uh, the market will do a bit better. And the Fed, I don't think the Fed will step in because um, unemployment would have been at an all-time low. And... Uh, there's no need for any, um, asset inflation, but that's not what happened. We got coronavirus. Um, but then you could argue that, you know, um, you know, every, every, uh, every major, uh, body has a vested interest in keeping the market afloat. So the fed, um, obviously wants to step in and, uh, you know, inflate asset prices and the government wants to step in as well and, you know, keep people employed. So they'll, you know, um, offer more fiscal stimulus. And with the elections coming up, then, you know, it, it would always make sense to, you know, to be aggressive as possible. Every party is going to brag about how, you know, they're the best ones and how they save everybody's jobs and whatnot. So they all have a vested interest in picking up the market and, you know, offering policies that helps keep the market afloat. Now, there's two things right now the market is is a forward discounting mechanism so if we get if we get good news then on one side um if you discount uh cash flows you know um on that then you then you're in a better place and the market's going to react positively and we're going to you know see growth in the S&P perhaps you know closer to uh uh the levels where we were at before um but then if we get bad news, again, the government's going to step in aggressively and the Fed's going to step in aggressively. And we've seen that happen. And then, again, the cycle repeats itself and the market's going to pick up and go back to, to where it was. So it kind of ma- does make sense, but it's scary. If I'm not sure if you do agree or disagree or if this is, you know, complete BS. Um, but this is the best conclusion I could come up with at this point.
0: Well, I mean, a lot of your conclusion is going to be based on what the Fed does tomorrow. The, the Fed doesn't want to be the, the entity responsible for creating a, an asset inflation bubble in the stock market. So they're it, it, definitely going to try and help medium and and small-sized businesses, right. but not at the cost of creating a market bubble.
1: I I agree with that. But so right now, let's say things are getting better. So maybe they won't take any action. But if things... The market's you know, not
0: going to like that. That's the thing.
1: Yeah, but then they're not going to like that, but it's not going to dip another 40%, right? It's going to probably, you know, somewhere within the 5% range, which is, you know, peanuts at this point. Um, and if they see things deteriorating at a rapid pace, then they'll step in again. So the Fed's got their back. The government's got, a, it's got you know, their back. Everybody wants, you know, keep th- to keep things afloat. There is optimism on the recovery. So it kind of makes sense. It kind of makes sense but it's scary and you know i'm staying in cash because i can't I, I don't know how to take you know um i don't know how to exploit this market although i do have a confession to make i sold some puts today actually five minutes ago um, what yes
0: this was not reported uh to the group chat
1: well this was literally two minutes maybe three minutes before the podcast started it got filled so oh, i saw sold- oh
0: my god okay uh <laughs> uh, for, forget all the talking points. Let's go ahead and talk about yeah your trades.
1: <laughs> so yeah. I sold five puts on Chesapeake, expiring Friday, the strike price of
0: $15. Chesapeake?
1: Yeah, five contracts. The, the,
0: the company that's been rumored to, to be declaring bankruptcy, but has not quite yet declared bankruptcy. And how many times was it halted today? Yesterday, it was 22 times. How many times was it today? <laughs> I, I,
1: haven't, I haven't checked, but it was a ridiculous amount. But... It was paying a two dollar premium, so um, you know if shit hits the fan, then I can exit at a small loss, which is which is completely okay. But uh, given the volatility, it was trading at I think uh, risk adjusted, it was a very good trade, and and I typically do significant significant more uh, like a a significant amount of um, puts, um, but this time it was only five, so I, I think I'm comfortable with that. Let's see what happens. It's only three trading days, so.
0: It's going to be Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. It's nice to see you uh, uh, adjust your position sizing based on risk. Uh, I also uh, did some trades today, as you're well aware. I'm a huge fan of Dave & Buster's, uh, the the restaurant franchise. Uh, They're reporting earnings on June 11th, I believe, which is a couple days from now. So I sold two puts, one expiring June 26th for a strike of 15, and one expiring uh, July 17th, I believe, or 12th. Uh, for a uh, strike of $12.50. Uh, right now, uh, Dave & Buster's ticker P-L-A-Y is trading at $19, and it's had a huge red day, in my opinion, uh, down about 10%. So uh, we'll see where those goes. Uh, those will be my kind of entry July, uh, mid, uh, beginning of July, mid-July uh, options uh, place yeah. uh, for now.
1: I mean, if 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 for me to be wrong, it has to drop another fifty percent from the today's closing price uh, in three days. I mean, it could happen. Um,
0: I mean, it dropped seventy percent today. So exactly,
1: um, uh, but it's paying a thousand bucks for that premium, so that's uh, that's pretty decent. Let's see what happens. I, I mean, if I see things going in the opposite direction, then I'll close at a small loss, which is okay. But it's a relatively small so- smaller trade, so that's okay.
0: Well, I mean, you're only responsible for, what, 5 times 15, $75,000 worth of stock at this point? It's not much. Uh, 5 times 15 is 75, right? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Because 4 times 15 is is 60, plus another 15 is 75. So just $75,000. It's not a big position by any means.
1: Uh, Uh, That's not correct. It's $7,500.
0: Oh, that's right.
1: Because I was, freak- I was freaking out until I did the math again because I know I did the math <laughs> multiple times.
0: <laughs> yeah, So yeah. Th- This is not a $150 stock.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was like, what have I done? <laughs>
0: Guys, if Give anyone it- tells you that A, engineers or B, traders are good at math, don't believe them because uh, I have encountered – the exact opposite from both of those occupations. Amin, wouldn't you agree? Um, Yeah, I would agree. (laughs) And Amin, he can't really declare at the moment, but he is a CFA 1 slash 2, so that's even worse for him.
1: Uh, Yeah, we'll we'll have to see about the level 2, but uh, we'll see how things go.
0: So, uh, so some nasty stuff uh, on the COVID front today in the news. Uh, yesterday, we did give uh, kudos to Cuomo, and uh, that is actually a trending hashtag now on Twitter. Oh, really? Us, truly. No. Oh. <laughs> Dude, we ha- we have three listeners. How are we going to start a Twitter hashtag? For fuck's sake. Uh, but anyways, what I want to talk about is a lot of articles today about... Uh, Uh, Well, Dr. Fauci saying that uh, coronavirus was his worst nightmare and it's not over yet. And then Texas, uh, Texas reporting two consecutive days of record coronavirus (laughs) hospitalizations weeks after reopening. So considering that Texas was one of the first states to open, along with Georgia, so on and so forth, uh, should we expect a record number of hospitalizations, you know that word? Uh, from the other states that have recently started reopening, you know, uh, at the start of June, -June, mid-June, compared to the ones that started reopening beginning of May?
1: Um, I wouldn't know about record numbers, but um, it'll be interesting to see if there is, uh, you know, a a, a small increase or a steady increase um, day after day, um, which could be alarming. But, uh, you know, as long as the graph or the numbers remain linear, then that's okay. If it's back to exponential, then we're in big trouble. Um, because if it's linear, it's under control. And then if it goes out of control, then if one person is spreading it out to three other people, and then those three are spreading it out to three more people, then it's a big problem. But I think we're really past that stage. I think we're past that stage. So hopefully we see a small spike, but nothing that's alarming. Um, and, you know, enough... Uh, or something that's, you know, sufficient for um, the hospitals to keep under control. But, um, yeah, I I don't know about record numbers. I don't think that's going to happen.
0: So another article out today about coronavirus from the WHO, uh, the WHO, uh, the World Health Organization, uh, saying that asymptomatic spread of coronavirus is very rare. I, ha- I have two questions. One should we trust what the WHO says after everything? <laughs> um, I mean, first they told us travel bans uh, are not useful. The, then they told us masks are not useful. Then they told us masks are useful. Uh, <laughs> what do you
1: think? Um, I mean, you should give them some credibility, I think, up to a certain extent. Uh, I'm not a doctor, so I can't challenge that. Uh, you know, I, I can't really challenge a recommendation but um uh yeah i i I don't know what to, to say honestly um because all the data has been showing that people who did build some sort of immunity towards the virus um a uh are not in a position to spread the virus to other people and b won't be getting it again um at least, as far as from the sources that I've been reading, but let's see if they change their minds in, in a few days.
0: Um. So basically, this, the the WHO is saying from the data we have, it still seems to be rare that an asymptomatic person actually transmits onwards to a secondary individual. It's very rare.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So that's what I've I've been reading, um, which is a good thing, right? I mean. Um, that's
0: what are, are you going to be masking up uh, when you can't uh, socially distance, and, and for how long is is the culture going to be now uh, a lot like parts of Asia where it's just common, to, you know, have masks? And h- how can one possibly uh, make money off of this new mask market? Do you recommend drop shipping, um, or buying a company that makes them, three M, so on and so forth,
1: <laughs> buying a company? Um, I, I think we're uh, you're too late to the game. At this point. Um, Yeah. I don't think there's much money to be made here unless you have very unique value proposition. You know, they can make something that looks cool at an affordable price. That's kind of like, you know, backed up with some influencers or something. I don't know. But um, I used to wear a mask. I was pretty strict on my whole COVID, you know, social distancing, staying at home policy. But now I'm a bit more lenient. Um, I'll be traveling soon. But... Um, Obviously, I'll be wearing a mask, gloves and everything, but uh, uh, don't expect me to be roaming the streets in a mask unless it's like a crowded place.
0: So we did have a listener reach out yesterday after uh, we uh, published the podcast uh, and after you talked about what happened to your SRG situation, right? Uh, So he basically said, uh, right now, Amin is probably pissed he, he missed this rally. No problem. He should figure out what price he's willing to pay for 100 shares of SRG and then sell a put. If the price does not go to his strike, he gets to keep the premium. And if the option expires in the money, he gets the shares he wanted for that price. It's a win-win. Uh, perhaps an old-fashioned strategy, but tried and true. So my question to you is, at this point, it seems like the strategy that we are currently employing is now becoming widespread. Sh- should we be shifting our strategy now or is there more money to be made uh, following this market?
1: Uh, so first of all, um, would, that's actually something that I did consider today and I was going to do that today. Um, okay. The strike price was somewhere in the range of 9 to $11 uh, because I'm happy to own uh, the shares at least 100 or not significantly more. Uh, shares. SRG
0: was down 23% today, yeah. but instead of selling short puts on that, you sold them on Chesapeake. Haven't you been burned enough by Chesapeake?
1: No, actually, if you... I I told, I told mentioned yesterday that I closed my Chesapeake position at a significant loss, but given all the puts that I did make and the calls that I sold, the cover calls that I sold in Chesapeake, I'm pretty sure I did very, very well. I'll have to do the math uh, on how that works out, but... Um, again, um, the five contracts I sold today were, uh, speculative, there was speca- speculative play based on the probability of it hitting 15 and the massive spike in volatility, which made them very attractive, but I can always buy them back and close them tomorrow. Um, if things do change, um, but back to SRG, uh, yeah, 9 to 11 will be my strike price. I'm happy to own them. I just didn't want to um, hold up any cash, even though I tend to sell uncovered puts. But um, the premiums weren't really that um, juicy. So I did nothing.
0: What's a juicy premium to you? What percentage over potential assignment? Uh <laughs>
1: It's it's a tough question because, you know, it's all risk adjusted, right? I mean, today we were discussing play. Um, First of all, I thought they were, you know, releasing their earnings and in two days, I, I don't believe that's the case. Yahoo Finance was off again. No, it, is, it the is case.
0: I I have confirmed it through multiple sources, except their investor relation websites, and everyone seems uh, to be in concurrence. June eleventh is the day, okay. which would explain the two hundred percent volatility uh, on some of those options compared to the one fifty five percent historical, which is still pretty fucking high. So I'll definitely be adding that name to my watch list to continue watching even after earnings.
1: Yeah, so I mean, a company like that that you know, I might be able might sell a, a put that's 10 days out at a price, you know, that's, uh, let's say a 30% discount from today. Um, I'd say, you know, on a $19 stock collecting a dollar premium might be worthwhile, but given the risk that they're reporting in two days, um, and the likelihood that the stock can swing in 15% or 20%, you know, in either direction, I think it's pretty risky. So that premium doesn't look really attractive so it's case by case right um if there's a company that i really really like uh, and i'm in a market where things aren't really moving daily there is there isn't like a coronavirus you know speak of early uh 2020 or at some point in 2019 then maybe i'll be happy to collect a lower premium for something that i do want to own instead of holding cash but uh at this point it's a bit tricky case by case i guess
0: I do kind of agree with you, but I think when when the economy reopens up and restrictions are lifted, people are sick and tired of uh, cooking ramen noodles, so they'll definitely be out and about yep. eating, uh, regardless of what the uh, restaurant uh, industry looks like. And, and you know, restaurants uh, are a lot like cockroaches. If a cockroach like Chesapeake and American Airlines can survive <laughs> this, I'm sh- I'm sure restaurants will will figure out a way to make money uh, in this environment. All right, guys, last15pot at gmail.com. Uh, we, uh, in celebration of NASDAQ 10,000, we will be releasing uh, our very first set of merchandise. So this has been a long time coming. It will be a baseball cap with the last 15 on it and the NASDAQ 10K on the back. So look out for those really soon if you want to support the podcast. Um, that would be uh, greatly appreciated. Thanks, Amina, and we'll talk to tomorrow.